Welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, with you as always. And in today's show on this fine NFL draft day, I'll be previewing the rookie tight ends for fantasy football in 2022. After this episode, next week, it's time for the draft recap, the dynasty rookie rankings that you all have been waiting for, with the landing spots having finally arrived for these rookies. I hope you all enjoy draft day. If you're listening to this after draft day, I hope you also enjoyed it a lot. And we've also got some news to discuss on the show as well that broke over the last week. Interesting stuff happening in the NFL, as always. So be sure to follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at SGF pod for the podcast. Second goal fantasy gmail.com for you can send your fantasy questions. And if you're listening to this before the draft, be sure to check out my NFL draft live stream at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'll stream every pick of the draft, give reactions, have a ton of special guests on there and a co-host. So be sure to check it out. I've posted about it a ton on Twitter. So at Calvin underscore SGF is where you can find all of that info. With that, let's get started. Should be a pretty quick episode today because there's not a ton of fantasy relevant tight ends. But first, let's talk about the news that just occurred. It was big. Lots of suspensions. Five players in the NFL suspended for gambling violations, most notably Jamison Williams of the Lions. So Williams, unlike some of his counterparts, got a six-game suspension instead of a year's long, a year-long suspension, year-plus-long, with needing to apply for reinstatement. But Williams was suspended not for betting on NFL games like some other guys were, but for betting on college games while in the Detroit Lions facility. So technically, for those who don't know the rules, if he was outside of the facility like at his house and just betting on college games, that's allowed. He's not banned from doing that. But if he's inside the facility, it completely changes it. And yes, he was inside the facility. And thus he got suspended for six games. So we'll go through the fantasy impacts of that. First, I think this is huge for Amon Ross St. Brown. And yes, Jameson Williams is going to be back for the remaining 11 games this season. But when you have a guy that's suspended for the start of the year, sometimes they're not going to be fully in the chemistry of the offense right away as soon as they get back. I think Amon Ross St. Brown will clearly establish himself just like he did last year as just a dominant wide receiver one in this offense and a top 10 receiver in fantasy next year. Whereas Williams, who's now ranked as the wide receiver 38 on fantasy pros, he might be a wide receiver too when he gets back, but it's going to be tough missing him for those first six games. And it might be a bit of a slow start for him. Like he's a guy I loved a lot and I will still be willing to take him because I think he's going to be a huge breakout, but it does hurt his stock a lot to miss six games. It does make me very, very nervous. So overall, that's the Lions receiving core. They also got like guys like Josh Reynolds, of course, not all they're going to be occasional streamers with Jamison Williams out. The other big piece of news, and this is one we've talked about for months, so I'm not going to give it like too much press, but the Aaron Rodgers deal to the Jets finally becomes official. Rodgers has arrived. He'll be playing with Alan Lazard, Garrett Wilson, all of these guys, and Brees Hall as well. This is going to revitalize the Jets' offense, get them a lot more passing volume. I like Garrett Wilson a lot. as a huge year-two breakout kind of guy. He's ranked as the wide receiver 11 on Fantasy Pros, and I 100% understand that ranking. I think it's completely warranted. Guy like Brees Hall, he's going to be awesome as well once he comes back from his injury. And Lazard, I think, will continue to put up some maybe wide receiver three production with the Jets. But overall, just great news for the offense. We've definitely talked about it a lot over the past few months, but wanted to mention that because now it's official. So let's get into rookie tight ends. And we'll just have a few to talk about here because there's kind of, I mean, there's a strong tight end class, but there's not always that many that are fantasy relevant. Right now, there really there's a debate at the top, and right now I'm using NBC Sports Edge's rankings and running down those in order. And I'll, of course, I'll give my own rankings after the draft once we have landing spots. 
They ranked the number one tight end as Michael Mayer, which is interesting because Mayer, he's the guy in this draft class with all the experience, the four years in college, the statistics. Obviously, all of these guys have a ton of stats. He's a relatively solid athlete, but he's not a burner downfield. He's not like a Kyle Pitts kind of guy, just an absolute dominator. He's a very, very consistent underneath target and a guy who can pile up a lot of yards for you. This article compares him to Zach Ertz. I like that comparison a lot. And I think he's going to be very good. We see a lot of tight ends like Zach Ertz, TJ Hawkinson kind of play a lot like the way Michael Mayer does at Notre Dame. The question's just going to be, will he reach the ceiling that some of these other guys have potential for mainly the number two guy in this class. And it's really a floor, floor versus ceiling pick because I think Michael Mayer goes to the right destination. Like for example, the Cincinnati Bengals, I think he'll have a very productive career, get some very productive statistics, become a tight end one in fantasy pretty quickly. But a guy like Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, he has the potential to be potentially even better than Mayer also has the potential to be worse because he's kind of more of a boomer bust guy. He didn't, have the I didn't actually know this but this article mentions he only played high school football for a year but he was very dominant in college didn't actually go to the combine or anything but he was dominant he had a, the, the thing you always talk about with tight ends is their dominator rating Kincaid's was very very high 26% and 28% in his last two seasons but he dominated at Utah Utah was a really really good football school last year and he was one of the main reasons why so that's the guy like I mean obviously we don't have full measurables for him but he's probably a better dominator in terms of a tight end than Michael Mayer is, which gives him higher upside. Very complete guy. Both of these guys are excellent pass catchers. They're going to be very, very relevant in fantasy going forward and probably 1A and 1B and whatever ends up happening to them. Now the tight end three, this guy is a freak athlete. I mean, this article calls him an elite red zone weapon, makes you think of a Juwan Johnson type of a guy who just catches a ton of touchdowns. This is Darnell Washington, who stands at 6'7", 264. He is elite, and he is quite the athlete. Now, he's, of course, the this is, I mean, it's kind of a guy where he's a little bit more raw in terms of full-on consistency at tight end, playing all the aspects of the position, but he's maybe even a be- probably a better athlete than Kincaid and especially than Michael Mayer. So he has very high upside, but a lot of people definitely scared of him. His dominator rating, not quite as high. Obviously, he was also playing with Brock Bowers at Georgia, and Georgia has multiple great tight ends, Bowers included. So Washington will head to the NFL. He's going to be a boomer bust type of guy, but because he's not as polished of a prospect, there's a little bit more risk involved. He could go somewhere and become the tight end one, like become one of the top tight ends in fantasy football. But he also could end up being a big bust. And it's it's not fair to compare him to Kyle Pitts because we thought Kyle Pitts was really a guaranteed prospect and he didn't turn out to be. And Kyle Pitts was a lot more dominant than Darnell Washington was. But we could see him sort of fizzle out, maybe like a Johnny Smith type of a guy and fizzle out in that sort of way. But he does have a ton of potential. He was very, very good in college too, just splitting time, of course, with Brock Bowers at Georgia. Other than that, there's some other consistent guys. Zach Kuntz, Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta are four, five, and six ranked on here. All of those guys haven't watched very much of them, but they are solid stashes for Dynasty. They're the type of guy that could go to a weak tight end team and really just get involved with the team and get it just out of necessity almost. Like a John Bates type of a guy in Washington, for example, feels like a lot of how these guys profile is later round tight ends who will be usable, especially in blocking. And if they can get snaps and get on the field, they will have some good reps. So that wraps up this show. Thank you all for tuning in. Told you it'd be quick. But you know what won't be quick? The NFL draft live coverage that I have coming up Thursday night. It's going to be like three and a half hours. It's going to be so much fun. I hope you all tune into that. 
I'll tune in. I'll be covering all the first round with my co-host and a ton of guests reacting to the picks. It'll be so much fun. So don't miss it on Twitter spaces at Calvin underscore SGF on Twitter. Send your fantasy questions to second goal fantasy gmail.com. All of that. Follow at SGF pod. I will see you all on the podcast soon again next week after the draft. It's going to be great. And I can't wait for this draft stream that I'm doing as well. Very, very excited for all that's to come. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you next time.